selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Well, hey there, broads. Oh, hello. I'm always trying to go up with a new thing to like m- My first mix thought it up. is always a, uh, what's it called? Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello. hello. Or friends. Or good or morning. No, or ro- <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, wait, Robin wait, Williams. Wait, wait, wait. No, I was about to say extreme home makeover like good morning chatty broads yes. family which by the way because all okay. the, because all the broads have um oh my God. done me a solid and oh tagging me in all of ty pennington's post ty pennington started following me was commenting on my stuff <sighs> stop it stop it right so, now that's not fair <laughs> so that's where we are he doesn't <laughs> wait let me see does he follow me i don't think he does well it's because the broads <sighs> tagged me and everything what the so I would Broads, like to send. I know that she's, but tag me too. I would like he, to send blessings to the broads who have given me my new husband. I've already broken it to Evan. Evan saw that he was following me. He's like, I get it. Divorce is now in order. It's Ty Pennington. How I did think, you find this out? Did, did people ten, tell you? I just started getting tagged a million times, and anytime he posts something, people tag me and say it's your daddy. Oh no! I mean, how did you find out that he started following you? Because I happened to open my phone in the morning, look, and I see Ty Pennington following me, and then he's commenting on my posts. And then I debated sending him a DM Honey, saying, you've "Like made it." I debated sending him a DM saying, "Like, hey, um, so I know that you've been getting my name all over your posts, saying that like you're my daddy and all these things." Uh, honestly, like that's a move that he saw you tagging, like you, and then he followed you. Like, I know, I'm blushing. Okay, but speaking okay. of men that I'm All in right, love sorry. with, this is br- this brings us to the uniting of the guests that we have today, broads. This is an OG broad who, at the very, very beginning of Chatty Broads, we started to message each other, and what we found, the commonality we found together, was that we are in love with the same men, and it's specific men. It's Spike from Buffy. It's Mark Marin. I mean, like we have the same passionate love 
for Mark the same Marin. men. Yeah. Oh, Mark Marin. And they don't is... always and they don't they don't always have anything in common either. It's no. like what does Spike and Mark Marin have? They have <laughs> nothing in common. One is an old guy who's neurotic. Yes. One is a literal vampire with yes. like bleached hair. Yeah. Oh, I, I love mm. it so much. I'm not sure, but it's Ari Eastman. Yay! Hi, thank you Thanks for so having much for coming. me. It's so nice to see you it's in so person. It's so good to see you in person. So nice. So nice. You kind of look like Zoe Deschanel. I do hear that sometimes. Yes, I do hear that. I mean, I, I I'll take it. It's you, a huge compliment. You posted about that I on did. your on your uh, Instagram the other day, saying like, "Do I look like Zoe Deschanel?" Because people ask. I think you do. Well, people always. It's like I'm always like, "Is it just because I have bangs and no. I'm a pale girl with like light colored eyes?" No, I'm trying to like figure out. And what I used it to have is. like long hair. I'll dye it darker. Sometimes I think it's your eyes. Well, I mean, I'll take it. It's a, it's a compliment. I love to hear she's, it. It's just she's, it's just funny because it's been it's. Without fail, everyone will go, you know who you look like. And I don't want to be the asshole that's like, yeah, Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> Gorgeous A-list Zoe Deschanel. Oh, Sophia Loren, I get yeah. that all the time. Kim Kardashian, yes. <laughs> My body is exactly like hers. It's but crazy. And zero injectables in this body, and it's just yes, like hers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> One more get to know you. Who do you who are some of the most beautiful women in the world besides us, in your opinion? I mean, besides well, I was gonna say myself. the two of you. Um who do I think are some of the most beautiful women in the world? Um I know, I know the men it's you kind love. of hard to think That's of kinda, off the top of your like, head, right? I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, like Elizabeth Every- Taylor is like one of my first sure, thoughts. Sure. Oh my God. Um Rita Hayworth, I think, is oh. like just super, super like classic, beautiful. Who's Will Smith's wife? What's her oh. name? Oh, Jada. Yeah. yeah. Jada oh, is like gorgeous. one of those people where she will be stunning until the day she dies. Yeah. I mean, well, look at her mom. I was literally going to say, have you seen Gammy? Yeah. Like, she's yeah. gorgeous. Family. Jada dropped oh, her skincare like routine oh. the other day. And I have to check it. I see. I get I get like since I work in like the skincare thing, sometimes they post things. I'm like, I feel like there's things you're uh, not including, well, but uh, hers was pretty detailed, right? So every other person only has posted, 40 products. No, every other person has posted their skincare stuff and it would be like a 10 minute thing. Oh, like and what you're, like, you're like, you're like, lies, liar. You yeah. do more. You do more. OK, oh. <laughs> Jada dropped like a two hour routine and the she amount for of she stuff that for she does every night. You're like, well, no wonder, yeah. because really? no, not only do you have the genes, the amount of work you put into your skin is I've never seen anything like it. Guys, can I be real? I wash my face probably once every four days. <laughs> Are you in the skincare I'm business? not going like, to lie. <laughs> no, I, you know what, though? I, I do think sometimes you get when you almost do too much, when you do too many products, when mm-hmm. you get too obsessed with it, like I didn't actually start breaking out until I started working in like the skincare mm. world. Interesting. And now I also went off birth control, so it's like right, that right, was right, right. There's a lot of factors. The thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, sometimes the simple, the simple like skincare routine is 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 actually what's best because mm-hmm. you don't want to like you don't want to screw up your skin if you do too much it's like again it's an organ it's gonna you know it's gonna get confused you don't want to strip the barrier of all the like right. oils and things so mm-hmm. right i know i, I mean once a week's crazy but you know what your skin, your skin <laughs> no, looks no, good. once a week is insane <laughs> no, once a week is absolutely I sleep with my makeup on all like, the time guys you have unhygienic. No idea. oh it's pretty i definitely like do yesterday's makeup kind of thing like pretty often not today my, but maybe my face you know clean. what maybe you've trained your skin to be like well my skin used to be completely covered in acne literally and then i would be like exfoliating toning doing yeah. everything yeah, every day too much sometimes but 
you know, your skin heals from the inside out. I'm going to leave it at that before I go no, into no, my whole I, spiel. No, it's true. It's true. And I did bring you, I brought you a she probiotic moisturizer. So thank you. Try it. Let I me love know. it. It's it's very less gifts. No, the, um, the, the, the microbiome stuff is real. I know that's yeah. not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> you don't want to talk about kimchi? Cause I can talk about kimchi. No, I mean, that stuff is real. That stuff is real. Okay, broads, we are going to take a quick pause. Listen, is there anything more elegant and relaxing sounding than lounging on your garden terrace? I mean, listen, immediately I think of like royalty because in my mind, royalty is the only type of person that has a garden terrace to relax in. But hey, not so fast. Thanks to Article's newest garden terrace collection Everyone can lounge and relax in luxury. Sure, you may have construction going on next door or a few yelling kiddos running around, but it's basically the same thing. Okay, basically maybe used a little loosely there, Jess, but I will say that Article's newest outdoor collection is luxurious and is just begging to be lounged on in the late afternoon summer sun. Jess and I are both big fans of Article. We talk about them all the time. Their pieces are some of the favorites I have around my house. And Article makes furniture shopping easy by combining the curation of a boutique furniture store with the simplicity of shopping online. And because they sell only online, they're able to cut out all the middlemen, which means you save big time. Up to 30% off traditional retail prices, actually. And the designs, broads, they're just so perfect. Article's team of designers focuses on just a few design aesthetics like mid-century, Scandinavian, industrial, and bohemian, bohemian, which makes it so easy to find pieces that will go together and complement each other. I know for me, it's so helpful because I don't have that interior designer knack. It makes it so easy for me to beautifully put together a room. I love Article for that. And never again will you have to wait for six weeks to get a couch. At Article, the shipping is super fast and even uh, has free orders on all orders over $999. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash chatty and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash chatty. You're going to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And I've seen some items items on the site that are like $110. So if you get $50 off, I mean, it's basically half off your purchase. Article, we love them. Broads, if you struggle with anxiety or stress or chronic pain, which I'm guilty of all three counts, (laughs) those magical moments when you feel good are absolutely priceless. Um, I started using feels a few years ago to help keep me feeling good and it was the best decision I could have ever possibly made for my body and my mind. Feels premium CBD is the best natural way to feel your best. Okay, if you've never used CBD before, it can be a little bit intimidating. We completely understand that, but that's one of the reasons why Feels is so great. They have an entire dedicated hotline to help guide your personal experience, and they're going to answer any questions you might have. When using CBD especially to help with pain or anxiety or I guess whatever it is you're struggling with, finding the correct dose is the most important part. And the Feels CBD hotline can help you do that. All you have to do is place a few drops under your tongue, and within minutes, you're going to feel the difference. And if you already know CBD is the right tool for you, then join the Feels monthly membership, which will save you time and money on every order. And then you can rest easy knowing you'll always have some Feels on hand in case you need it. I've mostly been using Feels 
uh, for my restlessness at night in these recent days. And it's been so helpful for me. For whatever reason, my mind goes into overdrive right as I lay down for bed, of course, but now I just drop some feels under my tongue, tongue and in no time I am fast asleep. Start feeling better with feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash chatty. That's feels with an A. And you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. Okay, that's spelled F-E-A-L-S dot com slash chatty. You can become a member and you're going to get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That is a good deal. Half off. Feels.com slash chatty. Um, uh, but okay, so speaking of yeah. the Instagram and how we kind of get, got connected, you, uh, you know, I shouldn't say recently, maybe about a year ago, started posting quite frequently about sobriety on your Instagram. Yeah. And, um, you know, I am not sober. When I was watching everything you were talking about, it was like, I just right away, I was like, we, I feel like we need to have you on the podcast because it's something that we haven't talked about a lot. Um, and your perspective and the way that you've been like explaining is everything on Instagram has been so helpful as I'm like processing everything and thinking about not only myself, but also like other people in my life. And then you started a podcast called sobriety, yes, which yes. we'll put in the episode notes below broads. But, uh, yeah, we wanted to have you kind of come on and talk about your journey, like yeah. into sobriety and, yeah. and kind of what brought you into that yeah for sure also I, i'm curious about your jobs because you've already in our conversation in the past like <laughs> before recording you've talked about buzzfeed face injections and well i didn't work for buzzfeed i had a connection to buzzfeed oh, okay, but, okay, but okay. i worked for a website that was similar to buzzfeed actually oh. um i would always call it the poor man's buzzfeed oh. which what is it thought catalog Never sorry thought catalog <laughs> I just know there are some people that still work there that are going to be like, oh. like, wow, She's one star. Jealous bitch. Um, well, so I so I went to UCLA for film school. Um, never worked in film a day in my life. Are you from L.A.? I'm from the Bay Area. OK, so from the Bay Area, came to um, L.A. for film school, went back home as as so many millennials do. Um, Pleasanton. OK, do you know. Yes, I do okay. know where that is. And. So I moved home and I got a job actually as a writer um, for a website where it was very much in the age of, I don't know how, if it's quite as popular, but there was a real big boom for like the personal essay of like, um, what I learned when my boyfriend cheated on me, you know, uh-huh. and those articles yeah. that would mm-hmm. go viral. And, uh-huh. and so, so that was my full-time job. And, you know, I was really excited. I'm like, oh, I'm a creative person. I can write about literally anything I want. I have always been like a little too comfortable sharing on the internet. Uh-huh. I was the person that had like a YouTube account when YouTube first started. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, literally there's probably like a thousand articles that still exist from me with things that, you know, they're there forever. Like, you know, 10 cartoon characters I'd like to fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, you know, and then like oh, how I got through depression my senior year. And then, you know, yeah, people I would like to have sex with. Yeah. So, um, but so I, so I did that, but I think honestly the drinking did sort of, I think kind of start there because, you know, this job, it was like, oh, you're a writer. Your, your entire thing is like you're mining your like personal traumas for clicks. Sure. And, you know, no, again, no shade to like the website. That's how a lot of these, these companies exist. And, Mm -hmm. and there was like an excitement of being like, oh, I can write about anything I want. 
And, yeah, and people love it too because they like relate it. to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I and love I, reading those articles. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And it was like, it was fun because sometimes it was silly listicles. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like 10 reasons you should date a Pisces or whatever. Right, right, I mean, right, I don't right. know. Right. Yeah, that's one thing I will say. I learned all those astrology articles. I'm like, people like me write them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> so, you're like elite daily, like, this is what you'll learn from a Taurus. It's like, I wrote that. You're Googling like Taurus characteristics. 100%. You are stubborn but strong. Um, So, you know, so because I was living at home and I was writing and I was fully, fully remote. So everything I did was from home. I started you know, drinking just wine as you do normally, naturally, yeah. you know. Did you like party in high school or no, anything like that? I okay. did not at all. I didn't drink until I was 21. Um, I had... Pussy? No, I'm just I know, No, 100%. <laughs> no, 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 truly a big pussy. I had horrible anxiety and I had actually what you've talked about, emetophobia or emetophobia, yeah. um, which was, you know, for people that don't know, it's a phobia of vomiting or other people vomiting. And for me, it was so strong that I was like, no, I never want to drink. Oh, yeah. I had all my safe food I have food a friend like things. that, yeah. Um, and so I, so the idea, and, and the idea of other people getting sick, I just didn't really party that much. Yeah. I would go to the party when I was like in high school and call my mom and be like, okay. <laughs> it's time for me to come time. home. <laughs> people are starting to sway a little bit. Come pick me up. Um so no, I didn't. So I didn't really drink until I was 21. And then, you know, in college, you just start experimenting a little yeah. bit. And mm-hmm. it was but it was never like crazy. It was never like right away, like wild. You know, you would go to bars, you would date, whatever. But I think, again, as I was like living at home, I had to write like five articles every day, which is a lot. And it's a lot. You start running out of like things to Material. write about yeah. in general. And you're you're wanting to go viral. You're wanting to get clicks. So you it's like bigger. Exactly. And, and more so, dramatic. And, and so something might go, you know, viral from, you know, your coworker that wrote about some sort of anxiety thing. That, uh-huh. And then it's like, OK, everyone, how how else can we like mm-hmm. this? This did really well. Let's mm-hmm. all like figure out what we can write about our anxiety. Um, and so you know, having a glass or two of wine made me feel a lot more comfortable just kind of writing whatever right. and putting whatever out there. And I stopped because you can't really you can't you can't overthink it. You can't be a perfectionist if you're going to write five articles every single day. Right. Sure. And put them out on the Internet and right. just have, you know, for public consumption. So and there is, you know, there is that sort of stereotype of like the creative. And I'm like, sure. I'm a writer. I'm an artist. I'm an artist and I'm a poet. And I really started like pushing for more poetry to be on the website. And like, again, so many things exist that I, I don't recommend people like Googling my name and thought catalog because it's just so many articles. Cut now to that, everyone pausing. Yeah, I really <laughs> will. I'm like, I cannot wait till this episode is over so I can go I mean, read just, everything. It's like those things that you're like, you'd look back at things you wrote when you were 20 and you're like, yeah. that's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, it's Lord, just not yeah. as good. And it's like the amount of articles and poems I wrote about like a guy who was like, I don't want to date you. And then for like a year I wrote like, please love me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so I just started drinking a little bit more, a little bit more, and it 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 started feeling like it was something that I just like had to do to even do my job. Mm-hmm. Um, were you drinking with friends, or were you just? Like, I was drinking what? like it was like I would have a glass like since I was living at home, I would like drink with my have a glass of wine with dinner. Uh-huh. Um, we also live in an area that is like kind of. They call it like the mini Napa. So there's wineries everywhere. We would go to wineries. And again, it was like, it always felt like it's like, well, this is just like the open bottle of wine mm-hmm. for, yeah. for the dinner table. Yeah, of course. And then, you know, 
then I'd like go back and like get another and get another. And then it just started being like I would even sometimes have like a wine bottle that I bought and just like kept it in my room. And it's like, oh, I wasn't like drinking it every day, but you know, oh, this way I don't have to like go to the fridge mm-hmm. and have like much you know, more convenient mom mm-hmm. and you know, check that I'm like, hmm, it's like you've, you're drinking a lot. Um, but I, it wasn't something that I really don't think I clocked it then because it didn't feel, it just didn't feel like it, I, I wasn't doing anything like damaging. It didn't feel like mm-hmm. I, I was doing well in my job. I was actually, which now is like so ironic. One of my articles that I remember going the most viral was called like the 10 stages of being wine drunk. Uh. And I'm like, hmm, well, a little premonition there. Um, so, so yeah, so I did that for a while. What was the culture of drinking in your home? Like, are you, like... Not, you know, there wasn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was not a part of it, but there there was never, like, anyone who was a really heavy drinker. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom liked wine in the way that just, like, moms, sure, moms like wine, you know like what I mean? Wine, like, she yeah. had a glass or two, but she didn't, it wasn't like she was a big drinker. Um, we did have my my grandpa did die of alcoholism, mm. um, but it wasn't mm. something that I was around a lot. Okay. So it's like I know I knew that like genetically it was there, and and my dad was not a drinker. My dad uh, passed when I was a teenager, but mm. he was not a drinker. So and my stepdad is not a drinker, but so it was like there, but n- never like the focus. But also not a thing of like, ooh, weird that you're drinking that wine. It was right, just like right, it was right, just right. like healthy. I mean, that's what yeah. it was. Is they just have healthy they have healthy relationships with alcohol. Uh-huh. Yeah. And no um, one was probably keeping tabs on. Like no, no one had any reason to be like, no. how many glasses of wine? Have you no, had? no. Yeah. And it wasn't until you know a couple years later even that there were some moments where my mom would be like, I don't like how you are when you're drunk. Mm. Or we had one Thanksgiving where I don't remember what I said, but I said something that was like fucked up and rude mm-hmm. and my mom was like that was not okay mm-hmm. you cannot have that behavior and mm-hmm. it's like oh well it's thanksgiving and like mm-hmm. we all get you know we're yeah. drinking and we're eating and whatever and you know but it didn't it, it still didn't feel like it was like escalating anywhere because i had a job i i wasn't even you know I, ha- I would date but i wasn't like putting myself in situations that felt unsafe or mm-hmm. you know it was just it was like oh it's protected i'm just having and and for a long time and i think a lot of people can struggle with this sometimes. I was like, well, I just drink wine. That's all I do. Yeah. I don't drink, I'm not not, like doing shots. I'm not like really blacking out. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've never, I'm not really much of a drug user. I was like, I just drink wine. That's what everybody does. It's Mm -hmm. like very normal. (laughs) When we were on The Bachelor, we weren't, we were only allowed to have one liquor drink an hour, but they did not keep track of our wine consumption. Oh, yeah, the wine didn't get put in the tally of your one liquor drink an hour. <laughs> well, there you go. That's See? the perfect. Yeah, yeah. And that is something that I think a lot of people <laughs> That's so interesting. In recovery, right? in recovery will be like, thing. um, yeah, well, it was just wine, so I didn't feel like it was a big mm-hmm. deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's also, I mean, it isn't really depicted the same way that maybe like a harder you know liquor is no, yeah like, you know? and it's like sexier it's, and more relaxed yeah, and it's kind and... of just like oh well it's part of like eating almost yeah. it's like well you have a glass of wine with dinner i mean and even the way that you know wine is marketed of like well it's going to improve like the meal and like the flavors and whatever mm-hmm. and you know it's just yeah you're not seeing that hobby for some people without yeah. that being yeah you're yeah. not seeing that with like a shot of vodka they're not like this yeah. goes great yeah. with your like you for know sure. your for sure. barbecue like, your like, steak will be so much better <laughs> with this fireball yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly exactly and i did and i actually worked for a little bit at a winery which you know great great job when you are a burgeoning alcoholic because mm-hmm. you do get you do get a lot of free wine. Yeah. <laughs> so I did do that for a little bit. And then you're around this culture too of, 
that's you know there's a lot of people that probably are struggling with you know alcohol use disorder but it's like a hobby and it's an art and you know you can study it and like you said it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's kind of elevated it's a socially acceptable like yeah form of alcoholism right, right. and it's like again and it's like this like artistic hobby of like uh-huh. everyone coming and there would be certain people that would come to the winery who you know were always drunk uh-huh. but it's like they're they're like oh you know I can taste the hazelnut and right, the vanilla right, right, and whatever. Right, right. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's all true. Those are, I mean, those are tasting notes. Yeah, I'm sure you are enjoying I was like, it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Correct tasting notes. Yeah. But the funny thing though is for wine tasting, like technically you're supposed, you're supposed to, to spit, spit it out, it out right? because yeah. <laughs> after a certain point you, you can't, you can't taste the notes that you're tasting mm-hmm. because you're drunk. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, but so I, so I did, so I did that job for like three years where I was just writing and that's why there's just so much content that exists online. And were you living at home through I was the, living at the home. whole time? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I moved to LA and I did some stuff for like a YouTuber. I did some digital content stuff. Um, and then I, I now work for a dermatologist and like a med spa and we do skincare stuff. And, um, and I've been, and since, since having that job, I've been sober, but I had, Another job like right before where I had like a sexist boss. I had it was just like all the stuff where I was all of the kind of, you know, things that had been bubbling up beneath of of the alcoholism and, and the issues. It was just like I had a shitty boss. I was not making a lot of money. I was lonely because I had moved out after living at home. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't, you know, feel I was just I was very depressed and then that's when it just kind of like it was like it just got so much worse but mm. it was still and I and I and again I kept telling myself this I'm like well it's still just wine it's like yeah it's like a bottle and a half a night mm-hmm. and I'm doing it alone and I'm hung over like 24 mm-hmm. 7 but I also was like well I've never thrown up so I must not have an issue <laughs> And that was something that I used to like for a long time be like, I've never thrown up from alcohol. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. I've heard, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Like I've heard that a lot. It's the same thing when you're talking about the wine piece. It's also the same thing when it's not associated. Like I have a lot of friends who, you know, amongst like each other would, we'd call out if it was like associated with partying. Yeah. Like you're out super late partying 24 mm-hmm. seven every single day, getting drunk, but it was okay if you were like quiet and alone in right. your home. Right. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be a, a, a context to like talk to somebody, but like when right. you're, when, when you're, you're raging. They're for their job on time. Yeah, and exactly. Like, uh, what's what we call a functioning yeah, alcohol. Right, yeah. for sure. And if anything, it, I, it took me a while to be like, oh no, maybe it's like more concerning that, no, I'm like, not doing this socially at all i'm Mm. not a social drinker i mean don't get me wrong i would if i was in a social situation i was probably also getting drunk but you know it was something that was birthed really from i think anxiety and it was something that you know there i don't have the exact statistics but people who struggle with anxiety disorders are much 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 more likely to struggle with substance abuse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i i mean it's funny because part of the reason i didn't drink when i was younger is because i was so anxious yeah but then once it was like i could sort of do it legally it was 21 and i was going to bars and i could kind of slowly be like oh no like I didn't throw up. My fears aren't. Ha- oh, I'm fine. You know. Mm-hmm. And then once you do something enough times, it's like, oh no, I I can do this thing. And some of the anxieties went away. And sure. then and then you know, it, it then does, you're familiar. Yeah, you're familiar, and you're like, okay, well, I I I can do this. And then it does temporarily turn down certain anxiety. I mean, the way alcohol works is you do have like 
serotonin releases and and and, yeah. and you do feel better temporarily. So I also for a while was like, oh well, yeah, I am much more social when I drink, and you know I am more likely to take chances and like be more fun and 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 I'm not going to be so worried all the time because it does it does turn down the noise on your anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at least in the beginning. Um, but I was also like, my depression was getting so bad. And I remember there was a while where I went to the doctor and I was like, my antidepressant just doesn't work anymore. And he's like, all right, well, we can up your dosage. And I upped it. And I was like, it just still doesn't work. I'm just like so depressed. Like mm-hmm. I just, I'm just like life, you know, just, I, I was really struggling with depression. And it's like, yeah, because I was drinking, I was heavily <laughs> drinking. And the, the way, you know, chemically, when you do release these, you know, chemical things like serotonin or whatever, your body then is trying to get it back to homeostasis. So it's releasing other and things depl- yeah. and then you're depleted. You're depleted yeah. So it's like, you know, over time, it's like, yeah, of course, my my Zoloft was not working. Yeah. Like I was I was depleting myself. It was trying. It was trying really hard, but I was totally depleting myself. Yeah. Did you feel like there was like a was it very gradual like after you moved to L.A. and started dealing with like you said all those sort of environmental factors or did you feel like it really did sort of just like ramp up like kind of got away from you? I think it was I think it was gradual in that I was kind of doing the same things but also because I wasn't living at home anymore it's like oh there's no one here to watch me like yeah. right. I really yeah. don't have to like hide that like oh yeah I'm going to go run to the grocery store cuz I'm out of avocados right. like you know it's like yeah. no I'm just going buy the bottle of wine mm-hmm. um and that was something too that even living at home because it wasn't like LA. I used to go to different grocery stores sometimes because I was like oh, worried that the, around the, the town. I was worried that like the cashier would be like, mm, you're buying a lot yeah. of wine. <laughs> and I'm like, I just have parties all the time, yeah. you know? So I, yeah, I think it was like gradual. And then it just started. It, it It's, it's kind of hard to know because in some ways I never had like a crazy moment. So maybe it was just was a gradual thing. And did you feel any shame or guilt or were you just like, I'm on top of the world? Oh no, no, no. I definitely felt a lot of shame and guilt. And it's like, you know, when you, that the whole like hangover anxiety and Mm -hmm. depression thing is very real chemically. And so I think I did, I would, I would wake up in the morning and I would, I would sometimes get drunk and be like, called my mom or, or, I called I called a few hotlines even and I was like I'm so depressed like I want to stop mm-hmm. drinking and in the moment like your inhibitions are lowered like I remember talking to I remember like you know maybe like 70% of it but I talked to someone who it was it was like some alcohol help support group mm-hmm. thing that I called so you were aware that it was the alcohol that was the problem it wasn't I think just I your was, depression I think I was aware yeah okay. I was at least aware that like I wanted it I don't know that I I, I wanted to stop but I also was like, I don't think I can. Mm. So it was almost like I didn't. It's almost like scarier to attempt something and fail. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to keep drinking and keep because, again, like I have a job. I've never done anything crazy. Right. And I think that that was something, too, that I had as a parameter for a long time of like, you know, the way we paint addiction and the way we paint like rock bottoms yeah. even is like, oh, someone got arrested or they had, you know, they they had they like a drunk they driving lost accident. Everything. They lost yeah. everything. It's they, also, it's extreme. It's so extreme. And that's something that I'm like, no, you know, it can just be, it can't just be, oh, I'm not participating in life anymore. And like, I'm unhappy and I don't really know who I am anymore. And so I called this hotline and I was like, you know, just telling her about my story. And, and, and she was like, you know, it sounds very similar to mine. And, 
you know, I was like, and I want to give back to and I want to do what you're doing. And I am just like, you know, drunkenly yeah. sad. And, 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 sh- and then the next day, I immediately like blocked the number mm-hmm. because she texted me and like checked in. I blocked, like, ah! No, I blocked yeah, the number. And yeah. the next, and that's what I would do sometimes is the next day I would be like, oh, never mind. Like I'd make plans with someone to go to AA. Yeah. And then I would be like, no, no, you know, the next day. Cause then, you know, the, the shame kind of hits mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I want to pretend that I just, I wasn't just like, please, yeah. you know, because then that means you have to start. And I wasn't, right. I didn't want to start. I was going to say, yeah, I would imagine that that's like, then I'm having to give up yeah. this. And exactly. that's scary. It, for sure. Yeah. And it's something that it's like, even if there is a part of your brain that's like i think this is making my life worse mm-hmm. it's also it, all you it's it's you're so entrenched in it that it is all you have so you're like maybe this is making my life worse but like i don't know what my life is without it and i need it mm-hmm. i mean that's what addiction is you know yeah. you feel like you need something so um i i was scared that like somehow if i gave it up you know if almost like almost like breaking up with like a toxic person yeah. where i'm like yeah, I think they're hurting me, but I I, I can't let them go, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you feel like there was, was there a specific moment then where you were like, okay, I need to turn it around? Like, I need, like, or was it like there gradually? Were, there were a couple, there were a couple. I was in um, a relationship at the time and I had, and he was very supportive and, and we were we were together through like my first two months of sobriety even. And I remember him just being like, I don't like who you are when you're drunk. Mm. And and my mom had said something similar. So it was like these two different people telling me that. And here I'm thinking like, but I drink because I'm socially anxious. And yeah, I yeah. drink because I'm like, you know, I I think I'll be more fun and people will like me more. And I was like, I don't like yeah, you. They're like, no, you're sloppy and annoying, you know? And it's like, yeah, I would go to a party and it's like, oh my God, it's going to be great because I can talk to everyone. And Again, that social anxiety of like uh, why a lot of people start drinking or drink heavily, and then it's like, no, dude, you just embarrassed yourself. Right, last and the night. truth is, you're the bell of the ball only in your yeah, own mind. Yeah, exactly. And no I'm one like, else's. oh my god, I made so many friends, and they're like, yeah, we were like, we, and then it's like, no, you got kicked out of the bar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I did, you know. Yeah. So, um, I had one moment where, and it still took me probably another month before I really decided, you know to get sober and stick to it. You know, I, I mentioned I had that like very severe, like throwing up phobia. And I was always like, oh, well, I haven't done it. And I had a weird thing where like, I haven't, I hadn't done it since I was like five. Mm-hmm. And which makes the anxiety of mm-hmm. it even worse. For Builds sure. It up and up and yeah. up. And, and I'm up. like, and I was just like, and my dad actually went from his twenties. Um, he died at 68 from cancer, but he went from mm. his twenties until chemo. And never threw up. So I was like, mm-hmm. I have some super gene, which is amazing. If you have a phobia, Does he have a metaphobia too, or no, emo- whatever no, it's called. No, he just like never threw up for some reason. And I was like, I must have that gene, which I was like, which is great if you're afraid of it. Mm-hmm. But then I had one night where I did. So in all of my like drinking, you know, every night, and what I had one night where I threw up, and I remember being like, oh shit, this is like a thing that I'm so afraid of, and. And, you know, when you have such a bad phobia, even if it's irrational, there's a part of you that's like, I'd rather die than have this thing happen, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I made myself do that. Like, my actions made me do this thing that I have a huge fear of. Now, granted, it wasn't quite as bad because I was drunk during it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, the anxiety was lessened a little mm-hmm, bit. Yeah. But the next morning, I was like, that's that's not good. That's That's mm-hmm. not a good situation that you just literally made one of your biggest phobias, like, come true. And you did it to yourself, you yeah. know? And I think the culmination too, and I had lost a lot of friends and it was something where I was like, you know, with, with some of them, I'm like, oh, well, you know, they did this or they did that yeah. or they weren't there for me. And I, my mom was like, you know, you got to look at the, 
you got to look at the, 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 common, the, the denominator. common denominator. And it was sometimes it was just like we would kind of fade out and some were like big fights because I would get drunk and I would like unleash feelings and things that I'd mm. had that I maybe hadn't verbalized. Maybe you had been too anxious to uh, I had be been too Because I had been too yeah. anxious to talk about it and then I would get resentful. Or there were a lot of times where I almost like accidentally lied because someone would be like, yeah, remember when you did that thing last night? I'm like, I didn't do that or I didn't say that because I didn't remember right, saying you remember. it. And then so they're like, then they're, oh, like, they're like, oh, cool, you're just a liar. And I'm like, mm. no, I, I'm like, no, I literally didn't do that. So, you know, and I, I had lost like, there were like two really important friendships where they were both kind of just like, you know, we just don't really get peace. They're like, we don't really want you in, in our lives anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that was something too, where the, the ego part of me at first is like, well, fuck them anyway. You right. know what I mean? They and were then, never real yeah, friends. And I was like, yeah. and, that, and then there was a part of me too that I was like, you know, kind of like, I'm sick. Can you see that I'm sick? Mm-hmm. Like you should love me through this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sickness, mental illness, addiction, all of these things can, you know, explain behavior, but it doesn't excuse behavior, yeah. you know? And so that's something that I had to be accountable for. And it's like, sure, I could say I'm sick, love me despite this, but I wasn't being a good friend. So I don't I don't blame people right. for 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 piecing. Now, I'm curious, it was any like in your head at that time, were you ever thinking like alcoholic in your head or alcoholism? And was that verbalized to you by other people in your life, like your mom or your partner or whatever? I Yes, I would sometimes think it. I had one friend one time say, um, we, I don't remember what we did. We did something where we were like getting like drunk on camera for something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Like I said, I, I do too many things online. I was like, I'm sure we were doing some sort of like vlog that was like, let's get drunk and die so our funny. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get drunk and cook or something. Um, and I made a joke about like, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. And she was like, not yet. And it was a joke. And you're but like, it was ha, like, ha, I was ha, like, ha, but you thought about it. But I was like, ooh, and I and I thought too. I'm like, oh, does she like really think? She must really think that a little bit, you know? Like, there's there's truth to some jokes mm-hmm. sometimes, you mm-hmm. know? And so, and I I would think too, like, I would Google things. I would get drunk and I would Google things like, how do you know if you're an alcoholic? And it's like, well, you, you know, if you're googling it, that that, <laughs> might, that might be one of, the, <laughs> yeah. one of the things. And I would read, you know, I would read different um, like criteria of alcohol abuse disorder. I'd be like, hmm. Well, that sounds like me. That one too. But then there'd be one that I'm like, oh, I've never done that. Right. So that's fine. You Only know? nine yeah. out of 10 of the boxes yeah. are yeah. checked. So yeah, I remember having a, a f- conversation with a friend who got sober a few years ago and she was saying that the thing that like kind of set her off to realizing was the anytime alcoholism would get brought up, whether it be like on TV or there'd be like some, you know, some version of it somewhere. It would always be in the back of her head like, well, I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm Mm -hmm. not that. And there was always a kind of a defensiveness without anyone saying anything. But there like that feeling Mm. of like, you know, and and she was low, you know, low key, like she wasn't like a huge party animal or whatever. So there was a lot of coping that was going on, but she said it was that, that was a lot of just kind of in the back of your mind. And because the way it's painted, right? I mean, in pop culture is that, you know, addicts or people who are, you know, misusing drugs or alcohol that it's like, again, it's big and it's splashy and everyone knows. And it's like the drunk guy on the corner of like 7-Eleven. And you're like, well, that guy's an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. Right. 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 Yeah. I've had conversations with like 
you know, ex-boyfriends and stuff like about their friends. And I'm like, dude, your friends are alcoholics. You yeah. know? And they're like, no, they're going to work. Right. They're made. They're, right. They have their own apartment. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they are keeping up with their parents yeah. and their friends. And like, they're just, or especially when you're younger, this is college. Oh yeah. Binge drinking is, this is college. This yep. is, mm-hmm. this I mean, is, if you look at the definitions of like binge drinking and certain things, it's like, yeah, that's what you do in college. Of sure. course you have more than, more than like three drinks in two hours or whatever. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, I can you know? think of a couple of like, friends of exes where I'm like yeah and now you guys are 28 and you're still somehow in this same phase that you were in when you were 19 like and I think something about that that's really difficult too is that you know and I I have plenty of friends who drink my roommate and I'm someone this is me in particular not every sober person is like this I'm okay being around it. Uh-huh. I don't feel triggered yeah. by it. It doesn't bother me. Like my roommate can open a glass of wine. It, we, she can go order a cocktail. It doesn't bother me. I'm very like comfortable in where I am and in, in, in my place. But yeah, I mean, it's hard when the entire sort of like societal expectation Culture. of college or being in your early 20s is behavior that can lead to alcoholism mm-hmm. or, you know, could be considered alcoholism. And then what, you're just supposed to suddenly outgrow that. And there's a lot of different... Mm. You know, there's there's many different theories on addiction. There's addiction as like a disease model, as like a learning model. Um, you know, I sort of don't even know where I fall in it. I believe a little bit of everything. It's like, oh, is it from trauma? Is it genetically coded? Is it something that we learn because we do it and we create these neural pathways yeah. in our brain? Maybe you know? it's all of those Maybe things. Maybe it's all of those And it depends things. on which person. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing, too, is that it's like there isn't one way like someone experiences it. And it's funny because sometimes I call myself an alcoholic. Sometimes I'll say oh, I was a problem drinker. Mm. Sometimes I say, you know, I'm in recovery. I'm sober. I, like, I don't even have a specific word that I stick to. Um, and that's because, yeah, it's it's a like vastly so, personal it's experience. so complicated. It's yeah. so complicated. And, and there have been times where I've been like, oh, um, well, maybe because I'm so happy right now, I could have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Sure. But for me, I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to risk it, mm-hmm. yeah. and because I'm so happy that it's like, I, I don't. I don't need to. Mm-hmm. I, why? Why bring something back in if I'm if I'm doing if I'm doing great? You know, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, I, I question that sometimes of being like, oh, was it a perfect storm of things? You know, right? Um, but you know, and I did have one friend who I sort of, she was kind of a big drinker, and I I had said to her one time, I was like, I think maybe I'm an alcoholic and she was like you're not an alcoholic she's like I know alcoholics <laughs> yeah. and so I was like oh good a little bit because I mean yeah. it was like, in like one I need w- you around more right yeah. it's like in one way it was invalidating because it was like I was kind of opening up and sort of you know looking for someone to maybe be like right, to reach how out can I hand. help yeah, you yeah, 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 like yeah. can I how can I support you mm-hmm. and you know and then on the other hand I'm like oh cool I'm not an alcoholic yeah great check good to go open that wine bottle let's yeah. go you know yeah. so i i think those things and and i did i did just start kind of questioning and again the googling the drunk dialing like uh an alcohol hotline or whatever i'm like mm, yeah my red flag red yeah. flag <laughs> yeah many a red flag yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know and it's just something where when i did get sober i've been sober now for like a year and seven months um I, I didn't even necessarily like label it right away. I was just like, I'm going to just stop drinking like today. I'm going to, and then I'm going to stop drinking tomorrow. Mm. And then it's just going to be, you know, I mean, that's the whole like purpose or premise of, of one day at a time. Sure. Um, and yeah, and, he, and I even tell people when people are sober curious or questioning, it's like, you don't have to label yourself as anything if you don't want to. For a lot of people, it's helpful. Yeah. For a lot of people, it, it, it does make sense to be like, I'm sick or I have, you know, I'm struggling with this disease. 
But you also don't have to label yourself as an alcoholic if if you feel like you, you want to stop drinking or it's or it's bothering you or it's or it's harming your life. It's like anytime something is bringing more bad than good, it's totally okay to like reassess it and be like, maybe maybe mm-hmm. this is maybe this is hurting me, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think because I think some people are scared to be like, well, I don't want to put this label to myself, of course, you know, and I don't want to call myself an alcoholic. Right. And it's like. Well, then then don't if yeah. it's if it's not going to be beneficial to you and it's going to be scarier or, or shameful or shameful, or, yeah. then then you don't have to. Right. You know, and like I said, I kind of go back and forth with it. Sometimes I say it, you know, sometimes like my favorite thing that my roommate and I will do is now whenever we discover someone is like sober or whatever, like, you know, I've been doing this like little mini baby podcast where we'll just be like, oh, we found out who who's that piece of shit um, conservative pundit. Um Oh, Tucker Carlson. Oh, I was, like, reading, I was like Ben Shapiro. I was like reading about him and like getting just like mad about, you know, wh- whatever he had said recently. And I was reading his Wikipedia and I'm like, oh, this piece of shit. This piece of shit. <laughs> I get to his personal life. He's been sober since. I was like, oh, <laughs> let's have a conversation. Oh, let's have a conversation. I would love to chat with yeah. you. Okay, broads, quick pause. Listen, I shop online for. Well, pretty much everything. And the reason being is that I always convince myself I'm saving time by not driving to a physical store. However, I always spend almost equally as long scouring the internet for coupon codes when I shop online. It's hard not to because I know they're out there and I love saving money. Who doesn't? But now that I have honey, I can save money every time I shop online without going into one of those internet black holes looking for coupons. Honey is the free online shopping tool that scours the internet for you in search of promo codes. And then they automatically apply the best ones to your cart. If you shop online for anything ever, there's seriously no reason not to have Honey installed so you can save more money. Honey supports over 30 thousand stores online that range from tech to gaming to beauty to fashion even food delivery so no matter what you're buying there's a good chance honey can score you some savings so i saved ten dollars on a new pair of shoes for my daughter last week and just yesterday i saved fifteen dollars on a new throw pillow for my bed i am always shocked when i get to check out thinking there's no way honey can find a promo code for this website and guess what everybody they do Almost every time. Ooh, I love honey. If you don't already have honey, you could straight up be missing out on free savings. It's literally free and it installs in just seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and you're supporting our podcast. We would never recommend something that we don't love. Get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash chatty. That's joinhoney.com slash chatty. So broads, if I had to pick one accessory to wear for the rest of my life, God forbid I ever had to choose just one, but if I had to, it would be sunglasses without a doubt. Sunglasses can easily make or break an outfit. They're so easy to add on as a trend piece to spice up a simple look and they're functional. Uh, We love an accessory with purpose over here. Plus living in Southern California, they're pretty much a necessity most days. And I've got a new favorite sunglass brand that I have to tell you about broads. And that's blenders. Okay, if you share my sunglasses obsession, then you know nice pairs can be really expensive and cheap pairs tend to fall apart or get ruined when myself or someone in my family sits on them. But blenders, oh baby, they are the best of both worlds. They've got quality frames at super affordable prices. I personally have been known to... um, 
lose my sunglasses or drop them or step on them uh, pretty much all the time. And pairs can, they used to cost me upwards of $100 a piece. That, that is just painful and unacceptable. But with blenders, I actually live in my sunglasses, as you should, and they hold up. And if they do happen to get lost or damaged, a new pair is still super affordable. Blenders has so many great styles to choose from. Like, it feels endless. Good luck picking just one. Their in-house team of designers are constantly releasing new styles that range from hyper-trendy styles like colored lenses and wraparound frames to highly functional styles like polarized lenses and sports frames to your classic, like, cat-eye sunglass. We love, oh, they're so, so good. Plus, Blenders has a wide variety of blue light options as well uh, as readers and even a snow collection i'm telling you you have to go on their website and check out their vast incredibly cute selection to score 15 percent off your blenders purchase visit blenderseyewear.com and enter promo code chatty vip that's blenderseyewear.com code chatty vip for 15 percent off blenders rocked with pride worldwide and it's funny because there's also a lot of people i think with the pandemic happening there's a lot of people in their 20s that are questioning their relationship with alcohol Mm -hmm. and um it's becoming i think more common to be like oh maybe there's an issue here and um and i i didn't do the aa route Mm -hmm. um I think a lot of people think that's like the only way sure. and that there's only one recovery because it was the most prominent one and, it, and it's been around for a long time. But, you know, there's there's so many ways to to stop drinking, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the pandemic was yeah. was definitely like seeing the alcohol sales skyrocket. Yeah. I know for myself at the top of the pandemic, I'd say the first two months, your girl was drinking too much. Yeah. Like straight for up. Sure. It was like well, anxiety. My, I mean, yeah. and I know you struggle with anxiety too. And I mean, hello, a freaking like, and it was like mysterious <laughs> disease that's killing all of us. Of course <laughs> like, people are anxious. You know, Evan losing his job, mm-hmm. the kiddo being at home. It would be like as soon as Ember would go to bed, I'd be like, I need wine and yeah. I'd go to wine, you know, or champagne for myself. Yeah. Be like I need that. And it was like all of a sudden two months in, I was like, mm, we yeah. got to do a little check in here because this is for me going from being something that like, you know, that I'll have like as an enjoyment, yeah. like a dessert almost or whatever versus feeling reliant yeah. to a, like to a right. certain degree, you right. know, and, uh, and, it's just, you know, when I see your posts, they're helpful for me. Like, you know, I, like I said, personally, like I'm not sober, but it's a great check-in as a reminder too, to be like, okay, like what's the intention behind what's happening? Right. And, you know, catching, like catching myself, like, okay, why? Right. Do I have to, do I have to dial back here? Like whatever. And it's, it's a great reminder for myself personally, right. you know. Well, and, you know, I mean, we there, we have so many coping mechanisms, you know what I mean? Right. And we have so many things that we do that, and I, and I always say too, it's like, yeah, we're all doing something unhealthy. It's not as if, you know, being sober makes you like holier than thou or yeah. any, you know what I mean? It's I like, DM Ty Pennington. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I order frozen yogurt like every night, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, it's so, it, it, we all have our things and, yeah. and we're, we're all just trying to like survive with like the, I mean, I think part of the reason too, we, we struggle with so many things is like, we're the only like 
species we're the only animal that's like aware of our mortality totally. so it's like of course we're like consciousness of course we're yeah. trying what a burden. to yeah exactly it's like yeah of course we're gonna turn to whatever can like turn yeah. down the noise or make us feel better mm-hmm. for a moment and yeah i think it's just figuring out which ones are better for you and if something is if something is like hurting you more than it's benefiting yeah. you. Right. Yeah. And I think you know? that's what it comes down to too. Even with substances, I think that it's not a really a black and white issue. No. Like some people, the, the two or three glasses of wine throughout the week, like might help them a lot, yeah. like mm-hmm. relax yeah. and, and it is stress. a social, it is a social thing, you know yeah. what I mean? And there is like, yeah, people, there are plenty of people that, yeah, they go and they have a glass of wine and they have fun together. And I always say too, I used to be nervous in the beginning talking about it like on social media and stuff because I was like, I don't want people to ever think I'm like judging them or that I don't want to be around it or that I'm not, you know, I want to, I'm like, I still want to be there. I'll just have my, my glass of water, you know, it's fine. And yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's just figuring out what, and, and with substances too, there are some people that can, you know, like technically you could call me California sober because I, now I don't, I don't really like, partake in weed that much because it's just never really been my thing Mm -hmm. but within my you know sobriety journey i have like had two edibles so Mm -hmm. you know you could technically say and it's funny because there are some people in more rigid kind of programs that would be like you're not sober and it's like i'm sober from the thing that hurts me yeah you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so that's you know were you nervous when you decided to become sober about your relationships with like friends And like if that was going to shift the dynamic, because I know for myself personally, I've seen I've seen a few friends of mine who and now like we're having this conversation. It's all kind of like flooding back. I've had certain friends where they would say, hey, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not going to drink this month, Um, Mm. you know, trying to like dial it back and then watching other friends being like what the fuck Mm. you're fine like come on like let's have fun and like and the peer pressure of not respecting the fact that this person is saying like hey yeah i'm gonna step back for a second yeah they're projecting their own insecurities about their substance abuse onto the other person Yeah, because they're like you're gonna judge because if you get sober then maybe i have to get sober exactly exactly and i'd watch i there's so many memories of like seeing specific people in yeah. my life or like even just like casual friends that I know who all of a sudden I'm like, like yeah, I'm like, the January sh- after yeah, exactly. and then it's like why like boo why? 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 Yeah. Yeah. fun come yeah yeah was that was that nerve-wracking you know a, a little bit but luckily I had the friends the the couple friends that I had where that might have been an issue I just wasn't really friends with anymore and they weren't mm. really in my life and um and I had I I had a a boyfriend at the time who you know and we had a good relationship there was no like bad blood when we when we split up but and I would even tell him I was like I just I'm not going to go to that party yeah. I'm not going to go to that certain social event in the beginning especially because it was in the in my first like 90 days I was just like I'm not going to I I was ve- I was honestly like social distancing beforehand like I was mm-hmm. basically living pandemic life where I went to work I did my thing I came home and I just would like watch TV and listen to podcasts and I just sort of didn't I didn't focus on the social stuff in the very, very beginning. And then what's interesting is like one of my best friends, who's who's my roommate, um, we only met like during the um, during me being sober. And so she's oh, wow. only ever known me that way. And it's actually been like really affirming for me to mm. like in a weird way, like see myself like through her eyes because mm-hmm. she's like, you're so fun. And like, 
She's like, we have so much fun together. And I'm like, oh, this is so nice that it's like that part of me is does still exist. Yeah. You know, I didn't need to just drink. And it's like, no, she likes me mm. for purely me. Yeah. You know, no other thing. And so, you know, it's just been kind of like I just don't I don't spend time with people who I think would make me feel that way. Mm-hmm. And as I've been kind of open about it on social media, I've discovered like a lot of friends and people who also are sober curious or mm. who are like secretly struggling and maybe like, you know, it there's I think there's more people than than we realize, especially in their 20s who are starting to be like, mm, I may I, this doesn't feel good. So I have like some sober friends. I have some non sober friends. My family was always very supportive. My mom will ask. She'll be like, can I open a bottle of wine? I'm like, yeah, totally fine. Yeah, that goes back to the question I asked earlier that I am really curious about, like, was there any sort of like confrontation or discussion by like your family or by any of your friends saying like, I think you have a problem? Right. Um, You know, not there wasn't like an intervention. There wasn't anything really like that. I think my mom would express concern because I would because I would like drunkenly call her sometimes, you know, and there were some and there was definitely like I would say I tiptoed around sobriety for like probably a year Mm -hmm. where I would like think about it Mm -hmm. or I would maybe like, you know, I would, you know, get drunk and then tell someone like, yeah, I'm not going to drink anymore, you know, or kind of just and I I started listening, you know, I listened to the Dak Dak Shepard's podcast a lot, Mark Marin. I actually I tried to find it. I had I know I did. I must have I used to love to get drunk and then delete all my emails because um, in that way you, and your text because then it's like, oh, I don't know what I, You're like, I, I, didn't, I didn't say it. it. Yeah. I didn't say <laughs> sure. it. But I know, I know before I got sober, I sent Mark Marin an email that was like, you are inspired, like a drunk email that was like, <laughs> yeah. you are inspiring me to stop drinking. And like, I was probably yeah. like, you're hot. I don't know. Whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. drunk thing I Proposal. said. Proposal. He did not respond. But um <laughs> How dare you, Mark? Yeah, no, it was, it was, there were no interventions, much, much more just like support when I would say something mm. and kind of, you know, there, my mom, my mom did tell me, she was like, you know, you, when, when you drink, like you're dulling all of these things that are great about you, you mm-hmm. know? And, and that was something that I had felt a lot. Like I had felt, I'd started to feel very like lost in my own body and kind of like I was sort of almost like a bit of a stranger. And my mom would be like, yeah, like you aren't that like vibrant person that you mm. used to be. And these things that you're doing that you think maybe are making you more fun, they're like turning down the the special things that make you you. And so, so she would say things like that. Mm-hmm. But it was never like you need to get help. Mm-hmm. Like you're an alcoholic. It was more like I love you and I'm concerned and like, you know. You're not, you're not, not like you're not living up to your full potential, but like, you're not like the the person I know you to be, Mm -hmm. you know, and let's kind of explore this and let's see what we can do. And, and my mom would sort of just always ask me like, what do you need from me? And like, you know, she offered one time, she was like, do you want me to like, come, come down to LA and like, go to a meeting with you? And, Mm -hmm. and again, and I didn't do that. I didn't do the meeting route, but, um, did you go to any at all? I did not. I did not. I would make plans to, and I would get so anxious about it. And it was just something that for me, I was like the the social anxiety of the idea of going to a meeting. Right. I, you know, I did do some like digital meetings of I did do some like online, but not AA, a different program. So I guess like technically, but I didn't do like the go and you sit in the room and, you know, I, I was like, this is making me want to drink. So yeah. I'm like, this just <laughs> seems like, I'm like, this doesn't seem like a good, a good uh, route for me. But yeah, so I think the family was just always like, How, what can we do to help you? But there wasn't necessarily like uh, you have to do this. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I was just wondering, I guess, if there was an acknowledgement from them to you, like, I think you have a problem. 
you know, there never was in like quite those words. Yeah. But it's funny because now that I now that I like talk about it a little bit more and I'll share things. My People mom, are like, yeah. my mom will be like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's nothing that I think is so crazy. But my mom will be like, I'm really glad you're so yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, wow. She's like, I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah, well, I wasn't, you know, volunteering that information to you. Like I talked about, you know, like sex and stuff. And I'm sure there's a lot of like sexual experiences and things I had that, you know, I wouldn't have necessarily done sober or that I didn't, you know, fully want. And there were some things that I've talked about. And my mom's like, I was like, I didn't know it was that bad. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I wasn't going to say that, you Mm -hmm. know, and and sometimes you don't know it's that bad until you're out of it, too. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you really don't know until you can look back and go like, oh, I'm happy now. And wow, that that's I'm so far removed from that. You know, Mm -hmm. was there a coming out moment like uh, like I'm going to be sober you know, I can't remember if I, I mean, I did start posting on social. I don't, I don't really remember there being like a specific thing. I think I just started, I think I just started kind of like talking about it. I think cause I had like written for that website where I was constantly writing about yeah. myself and being like, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. Yeah. Like these are 10 men I think are hot. I just like, yeah. <laughs> just write whatever. So I think I just started sharing it online and, um, and and I and I and I talked to my mom about it a couple times, and it was a little bit more like, oh, like, hey, mom, I've been like sober for ten days, you know, and then oh, I've been sober for thirty days, and kind of a little bit, sort of like that. And then I did post a video about like when I what reached like one year, and kind of went a little bit more in depth to it, and, mm-hmm. and talked a little bit more about that. But no, it was just kind of like a, it just, it just like started happening, you know. Was there a part of you that didn't want to set yourself up for disappointment yes. by yeah, one hundred percent, yeah. Well, and which is kind of part of the reason I talk about it now more is that it's like, you have to hold yourself accountable because now I'm like other people know. And I I remember I used to like every now and then have this like fantasy in the beginning where I'm like, well, I can't, anyone who knows me is going to be like, well, you say you're sober. Like I can't go to the bar or whatever. And I would sometimes like have this fantasy. I'm like, well, I'll go fly somewhere. I'll go to like Nashville. And like, you know, I can just go to the bar and no one there knows me. And I can, you know, I can have that drink there, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, and I'll still be sober. And I'll still be, yeah. It's like, nobody knows. And it's like, that's why it's, it's, it has been important for me to, mm. to talk about it. Cause people know, and it's like, you know, it's much, it's much easier to, and when you talk about something, you do tend to sometimes take some of the power away from it and, and take some of the from some of the stigma from it where it's like, no, it's not something I'm ashamed of anymore. You know, it's, I talk about it comfortably, you know? Yeah. You talk about, um, which is like so interesting to me. You talk about mommy wine culture. Oh yeah. Okay. Totally. I I was thinking about it earlier when we were talking about culture of like, yeah. Mommy needs a glass every yeah. night or yeah. a whole bottle. And you see, like, you see, <laughs> yeah. like, the, the, they, they sell, like, they sell, like, shirts and things that are, like, literally, like, yeah, you're the reason I drink. And it's like, what the <laughs> yeah, fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I, there was some store, we were in a bookstore recently, and I saw something that was similar to that. It was, like, a, an apron or something that was, like, you know, I need this to raise my children or whatever. It was better than that. But I'm, like, <laughs> this is literally just, like, a cute, like. Wine. I get, need it to cope with motherhood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, what? This is just like alcoholism on, on like a product. Yeah. But it's supposed to be cutesy. It you know? was, I and remember. I'm not a mother, so I, you know, I can't speak on that, but. Well, and I. Mean, I they are the reason I drink. <laughs> yeah, but. they are. 
stars <laughs> reason. But I remember when I saw you starting to post about that, it was something that I really had never like picked up on or thought about. And uh, all of a sudden that I started to see everything yeah. everywhere yeah, was crazy. like all motherhood is associated with with wine yeah. and i was like trust me like i love my glass of wine yeah. after i've had like a day with the kid at the end of it but the fact that it does go yeah. so hand in hand and is like so pushed by products mm-hmm. and brands is so interesting i also yeah. think it's a way like this is kind of a different direction but i also think it's a way for like culture and society to shirk the responsibility we have of needing yeah. to support people who actually need support one I mean, it's gone back all the way, you know, to the 50s or whatever. It's like mommy's little helpers. She just takes the little Valium. And it's like it's so much easier for our society to kind of brush it away and be like, give the mother what you need to placate her so that she can cope with this unbearable stress and pressure that society and the people in her life are placing upon her to be everything when she can't possibly. Yeah. And it's much easier, like in a capitalistic society. Right. To just be like, oh, yeah, let's just let's let's sell this thing and make money off of this and give her a Xanax yeah, give I mean, her a gla- like give her a sure. glass of the wine and shut her up right mm-hmm. and alcohol it's interesting because it's not even it's not even managed by the FDA like it's sold under you know separate separate thing literally from prohibition so that they could like you know make money off of it and tax it and stuff and it's you know it's it is it's for sure like a way to and it's interesting too how we talk about certain things and then we'll really demonize other like substances or whatever. Absolutely. And, and it's and there's a lot of classism in it. There's Absolutely. a lot of like racism in it. And even coming from so then coming from the really conservative background that I did, which by the way, you know, the drinking was off the table for most of my life with the Christianity I was raised with. Yeah. But then everyone started to, you know, mellow out more and then everyone started to drink. But then weed was demonized mm. it was like oh, yeah. oh my god yeah. like but then it was okay right again that there was a lot of drinking going yeah. on and a lot of people that were in my life who it seemed very clear to me there were problems right. in the yeah. drinking yeah. but that was completely okay right what what uh wasn't okay was if you took a little hit right of marijuana or other substances or and, oh and, you can't even yeah, forget no, other substances for sure. and and also even even like even pharmaceutical drugs when it came to my mental health were very mm. frowned upon mm. at the time it was yeah. just like girl like you're gonna start popping pills for your right. bipolar shit like that right. was very like, it's like oh, this thing that's supposed no. to actually help your brain chemistry yeah. <laughs> get back to normal but i'm no, like yeah. drink some wine exactly it's help. like you guys are okay with yeah. me like chugging yeah, you know chugging sure. a couple glasses of wine for but sure. like but you know the idea of taking a little bit of like yeah. lithium is just like absolutely right. not right. well and my sure. parents they my parents never they were like pretty strict about like they didn't ever drink more than like two glasses of wine when I was growing up which I'm grateful for sort of like the continuity of that yeah. but I definitely yeah when I got older or was college age I definitely had friends that were really conservative Christians who were like say waiting until marriage to have sex and yet it's someone's birthday and then suddenly a bottle of Jack Daniels comes <laughs> out and then we're at the Christian there's just just there was like a house in Culver City where it was like you it was sort of like the Christian boys house Nick yeah. used to live there and yeah and then they they they'd all be like you know abstinent yeah. and like weed is right. horrible and then they'd all literally be getting like blacked out yeah. and that 
Right. And like that was socially acceptable. And I remember just being like, this is so fucking stupid. Like this is so dumb that somehow like this gets a pass. Right. Even though the Bible says like remain sober minded. (laughs) Like I don't think that (laughs) falls under that category personally. Right. But that's always been my thing is I'm like, yeah, have some continuity. If you're going to like demonize, if you're going to demonize other substances like weed or whatever, then demonize alcohol too, at least if you're going to do that. It was just always frustrating to me. Like, yeah, no. And it's interesting. And it's like, you know, and, and, and I think really, you know, and, and I'm, and I, and I say this to people, I'm like, I don't, I don't demonize, like, again, it's like people who use substances, people who drink, it's like, I don't, I, I understand that. I get that. I don't think there's something inherently wrong with that, but yeah, there is absolutely like hypocritical nature in that and the things that we decide are okay. And the things that we're like, oh my God, you should have your kids taken away or what, you know, and it's, there's, there's, there's a lot within that. And yeah. And I think a lot of it just comes down to what is legal and what we can make money off of, yeah, and, absolutely. you know, and, and, um, and the way, and it's interesting too, you know, I've been looking a lot into the idea of like the marketing, um, term, like drink responsibly. And like, it's just such an interest cause it puts the onus on you and it's like, mm. oh, well, it's your fault that you, we told you to drink responsibly. Oh. We told you to use this substance that is, you know, chemically designed to do a specific thing. Right. We're not going to tell you. We're not going to tell you all of those those things. We're not going to tell you. You know, they're not even required to put certain like you know nutritional label facts. And there's certain things that they because it's not on the under the FDA that they don't have to put. And it's like, but but we told you like do it responsibly. You know. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's yeah mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. It's I didn't in- actually even know about the FDA thing. That's so fascinating. Yeah, it's under like the I'm probably butchering it, but it's like like the tobacco and. Tr- tax yeah, of course. Bureau, so something like course. yeah. So it's yeah. some sort of bureau that basically, after prohibition ended, they were like, instead of putting it under the FDA, we'll put it under that. Which is funny because it's like the food and drug, like that's what FDA is, and it's like alcohol <sighs> is a drug. But because you know, we made they made they made it legal again after prohibition. They're like, let's sell it. Yeah, to make a lot of money off of yet it. Yet there's still the puritanical yeah. culture surrounding alcohol, which is then right. part of the problem. Like right. you cannot touch it. Yeah. You cannot admit to touching it until you're 21. Yeah. At which point, or when you go to college and you're not around your parents any, anymore, at which point you have received no education on mm-hmm. how to drink responsibility, yeah. Yeah. responsibility, mm-hmm. responsibly. Yeah. So instead, you're learning from the people around you who also have no idea what yeah. they're doing right. and are usually participating in unhealthy binge like behaviors so or people with mental health uh, who struggle with their mental health and mental health issues i mean yeah there's a there's a lot of issues with with substances and alcohol and and what it's doing and how it's changing brain chemistry and certain Mm. people who maybe are susceptible to things and yeah no it's like it's like here's this thing that we're like yeah just don't do it okay now you can do it drink responsibly and um, we're gonna market to you like 24 7 it's funny like i mean i get facebook ads it's like you know for like vodka or whatever and i you know i get and it's so it's it's like it's here all the time it's being marketed to you all the time in so many ways i mean the industry it's like a billion dollar industry i'm sure actually i'm not sure i made that statistic up but i'm sure i'm sure it's a lot i'm sure it's a lot (laughs) and and but then it's like but if you can't if, oh, but if you, it starts getting out of control, it's like, well, that's on you. I mean, you, know? you should have some more self-control, right, right. to manage it. I yeah, think it's not even wrapped in that, like, like the, when you go right. to Europe and like the cigarettes are wrapped in photos oh, right, of right, what right. Your, yeah. do to your throat and your right, lungs will right. look like. And it's like, hey, just FYI, yeah. we're making it very clear on the packaging right. what this potential right, is. It's right. like the, it's all this other stuff. Right. It's just like the sexy bottle. Yeah. And, and like then there's no support. It. Like you said, then there's yeah. no support for people. So it's like, you know, and it's like a don't ask, don't tell yeah, for kind sure, of thing. For sure. And it's with all the money that is made by 
Um, Jim Bean actually recently like uh, announced that they were doing this like initiative. I can't remember. It was like a, like a maybe like 500 million again. I'm not good with numbers, so don't quote me on that. But it was something like 500 million dollars they were dedicating to like educating consumers about responsible drinking. Mm. And it was this like initiative. And what's interesting is like it's like okay, that sounds good. And on the surface they they were talking about like diversity and sustainability and and those things sound good. And again, I don't know like what their plans specifically are, but it's like how are you going to do that when part of like your entire marketing and mm-hmm. and, and and the money you make from it comes from like people who are not responsibly drinking, mm. you know? Yeah. It's like people who are are heavy drinkers are making up a lot of the percentage of their sales. And so it's it's kind of like an interesting thing of like yeah, sure you're you're going to say that, but what does that mean? And also is there is money going to support groups, mm. it, to education, to like these? Or is you know? this the G- Jim Bean responsibility campaign? That's just another yeah, way yeah. to <laughs> sexily market your your, your to brand. Be like, yeah. So that's the thing is, it's like these things sound good, but mm-hmm. what what are the plans and what and like you said, like you they make so much money, yeah. put some of that money towards resources for helping people, you know, for mm-hmm. inequality of things and 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 people who are getting help. And like it is it is hard, I think, to part of the reason I think a lot of people feel like AA is the only option. And again, it's great for some people and it saves lives for some people, but because it's free. And yeah. people feel like they can go, but for those people with that, where it doesn't work for them, right? You know, and maybe you don't have, maybe you don't have the money for a therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just it's 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 hard. It's hard, yeah. and there's just not enough money with how much they make off of the industry. Yeah, it's and like how prevalent. But it it's, is. at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but do they want to put that money back into like helping people? Because it's like the whole point of you know, there's. Yeah. It's like if you know, more people stop drinking, then they stop buying their product. <laughs> yeah, do like, we really want that? Like, we need you to I responsibly mean. drink, you know. Like, but I think it's just so interesting because you know, in other countries, and I'm sure the data is skewed because that is just the nature of data. But yeah. you know, in in I remember my friends who did like study abroad in Germany where you can when you're 16 you know you can go out and have beer Mm -hmm. at the pub they said that like the culture at least my friend's experience um their personal experience was like it's not socially acceptable to Mm. get like wasted and they said that that was really interesting because like the american kids would go over and be like yeah (laughs) and everyone the purpose of of drinking is getting drunk right right? in american culture right and (laughs) also with that prohibition style like demonization of it as a kid you're just like yeah then said when he was living over in England when they would go to the bars they would literally lie and say that they were Canadian uh-huh. because with, when you would go into the bars like, watch them no they would they would literally <laughs> like, just be like them no they'd be like get the fuck out of here oh. and wouldn't even let them in because they're like you, you, you guys shit. go crazy you break shit we're gonna have to mm. kick you out and then they'd be like we're Canadian they're like please welcome <laughs> like, oh, it was like sweet gentle Canadian <laughs> yeah they're come like please come, come on in but they literally he said he came back home and he was like I cannot believe the American reputation for drinking. Yeah. And so my friend sort of talked about like, there's something to be said about like education on how to drink Mm -hmm. from like a young Mm -hmm. age, because as we've seen with prohibition, with the war on drugs, with any of that, if you try to say like, no, No, you can't do it. That doesn't fucking work. And I also think what doesn't work and Gray and I have a lot of these conversations about how we're going to do it with our kids. I also don't think the, the thing of like, not talking about it, but being like, but if you need to call me, if you're fucked up, I'll yeah. come pick you up. I don't agree with that either because yeah. I was talking to Gray and I'm like, I want to talk about this shit with our kids yeah. because I know my experience when I was a high schooler. Yeah. I don't want to be like, mm, you know, don't ask 
don't tell. Wink, yeah. wink. We'll come pick you up if you need it. Yeah. And then having my daughter right. having no education on how yeah. to drink, having right. six or seven shots over the course yeah. of a party, right. getting fucking sexually assaulted or who knows yeah. what else. Like yeah. it's not safe. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm not personally, I'm not going to be the parent that should be like, just drink no. under my no. roof or call me if you need me. Like there's going to be education. And to me, there's not going to be any, any tolerance and there's got to be there's got to be a serious conversation mm, if there's yeah. an issue where you're drinking beyond what is responsible and like right. having those conversations from a young age about right. what is a responsible use of substances for sure and then modeling that too of course for sure but, yeah and i and i think from at least what i've experienced and learned with like anxiety too it's like if i have a kid one day i'm like kid's probably gonna pop out with anxiety yeah. just knowing um family history and how important it is to know like yeah like why you are like there a lot of times too it's like our People drink maybe in celebration or whatever, but, you know, there are people who they they feel sad and they drink or they, you know, they feel like anxious and they drink mm-hmm. and, and sort of sometimes even if you even if you don't have a family history, even if, you know, there's no maybe genetic component, you know, you do something enough times and it can become a habit. Totally. You know, it can mm-hmm. be, you know, you can create that. Like, that's the interesting thing is that there are people I know who wouldn't necessarily fit into certain like qualifications as an addict and they wouldn't necessarily say they have an addiction but you know it's almost like um with like a situational depression where almost there's like a situational mm-hmm. thing where you know Absolutely. you start doing something and then yeah it's like anything else can become a habit you know and then it becomes yeah. a much harder habit because just of the chemicals and well, yeah. what it's doing to your you start brain hanging and, out with a certain group of people yeah. there's been friends like Jess is talking about that I've hung out with more often and then suddenly I'm drinking every night yeah. where right now where I'm at in my life I drink maybe right. once a week yeah. maybe right. yeah right. depending on who you hang out with it's a yeah. it's gonna it's a big component yeah. even when I'm talking to Ember like now one of the big things for me was when she, if she sees me like drinking a glass of wine or a beer like when she asks about it, I'm not, I will never say to her, this is like an adult drink because to mm. me, then there's this association yeah. oh, with good. like, okay, when you're an adult, this yeah. is okay. Right. There's like that mystique to it. Like mm-hmm. it's for adults only. Yeah. Also then alluding to like all adults have this, or like, this is like this certain line that you yeah. cross and it's like, no, this is alcohol. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is what alcohol is. Right. For, to me, I'm like, if anything, like coffee can be an adult drink. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like the caffeine when you, yeah, when it's I mean, like it's you're going to, it's a stimulant. I'm like, you know, but, but to me, I'm like, yeah, I, d- I don't like this whole, like, this is an adult beverage. Yeah. It's like, That's no, like, I I just feel like it adds this, like, excitement and yeah. mystique and like generalization right. or that once you're it. an adult like that's just what you do that's what you do right. and that's just part of it you turn 21 and you start drinking or you yeah. turn 18 and you start drinking or whatever yeah. instead of being like this is alcohol right and this is what it is right and right you know. and if you're just saying it's an adult beverage it's like a lazy way out to get out of telling the kid your kid the truth because what right. you can say is just like no i'm not letting you have it because if you like for me if i drink too much of this it's going to it's not going to be healthy for me and right. it's going to make me do crazy things you have such a little body yeah. the way that alcohol right. is going to be in your body it's going to make you right. like act crazy and not feel good mm-hmm. so that's yeah. why i'm not right. giving your brain it to is you still developing. Bada bing, bada boom. yeah exactly like, yeah and i they, think they, that, they get it right you can <laughs> yeah, explain can, it and they, for sure they get well, it. the interesting thing is like my my mom that was very much how my mom was with like sex and everything mm. so mm. i i always tell people i do not remember having a sex talk right because i was just like i just knew what sex was uh-huh. mm-hmm. and as a result like you know <sighs> up until the drinking got bad, I had a really, really healthy relationship with sex mm. and my body and relationships. Mm. Um, I told my mom when I lost my virginity, I was like, 
let's go to the gyno. Let mm-hmm. me get on birth control. Like, you know, and again, and I had like a really healthy relationship. And that's because like you said, she talked about it. And we, we there wasn't, it wasn't hush hush. The they told yeah. me the truth. I, I learned like the anatomical like words for things, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, I think that that's a good approach for for substances in general. And like we know with like the de- demonization or the puritanical nature of like conversations of sex, that doesn't help either. No, it being no. told to me that I couldn't do it because of this, this and this right. didn't keep me absent until right. marriage. Well, and then when you learn the same with sex, uh, when you le- when you when you're told something that maybe just isn't true categorically, and then you you know you try something and you're like, oh, well, that was a. Lo-. It's like with the Dare program. I don't even know if that's in existence anymore. But I, I went I through either. it. I remember. Going oh through yeah, it for sure. In school, and um, yeah, I would dare to keep kids off drugs. Or whatever. <laughs> like yeah, keep dare to. All I knew <laughs> is I was like keep dreaming. I remember just being like, that's a cool shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was literally yeah. Like, all it connected. That well, was just, and like, a cool shirt. You know, and it's like. So it was very much, I think, like scare tactic kind mm-hmm. of things where, you know, you say something and then you experiment and you discover that thing was not true or maybe not fully true. Right. And yeah. then you're like, what else was a lie? Yeah. And, then, you know, and I mean, the only again, the only reason I feel like I didn't experiment more is just because I was such an anxious kid and I yeah. had the opposite of like an invincibility complex. I was like, I am the kid that it's going to happen to. Like, yeah. I was just anxious about literally everything. I mean, we've talked like yeah, we're similar we have very similar fears. Yeah. Like I was afraid of absolutely everything yeah. and had no, and had no reason <laughs> yeah. to be like Mom, moms didn't have to, have to ever be worried. No. Not because like we were sketch, not sketchy kids. It was just like the I was worst just is going to happen. Yeah. And my I'm mom, so would, my mom would be like, just like it's okay. And I was like, I don't want to go to the movie theater. They're going to play the wrong movie. And she's like, what? <laughs> Oh yeah. Like, I, I, she's like, that's a weird fear. I'm like, but it could happen. That's like too creative. My brain was just working too fast. But yeah, I think that that's yeah. And I, I remember too one time when we had a dare program. I said to a we had like a police officer come in, and she was talking about like weed and you know it's bad. Don't do it. And I like raised my hand. It was like fifth grade. I raised my hand and I was just like, well, isn't it true that if you have cancer? you can um, get medical, yeah. you, know, you can get, you can get weed. They're like, like, oh shit. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> bring it in I was like, I was like, isn't it? Cause I just watched the movie. I just watched that movie with um, uh, Susan Sarandon and um, Julia Roberts, like stepmom. Yes. And yes, in yes, it, yes. like Susan Sarandon has cancer yeah. and like, like smokes weed. And my mom was like, yeah, you know, this is the thing in California. Mm. And so I like raised my hand. I'm like, isn't it true that if you have cancer, you can get a medical card? And uh, the police officer was like, yeah, if you have a quack doctor. <laughs> and and I was sitting there like, okay. and I was very much like the kid that went home and I was like, mom, um, this police officer said this. And my mom, my mom is, my mom is a Leo. And so she immediately wrote. And I felt embarrassed because I felt like she was laughing at me. You know? yeah. And I'm just this like, well, actually, you know. Yeah, you're like, and, I have some facts yeah, to present yeah. to you. I mean, I got a medical card from a quack doctor yeah, when yeah, I was yes, 18, yes, granted, yes. but. Which, listen, they exist. But I was like, if you have cancer, can you? And then she's like, no, if it's a quack. That's, that's, that's disgusting. She's you're like, drop. She's like, she's like, I don't know who you heard that from. And so Take then, prescription pills yeah, instead. Yeah. And so my mom emailed the my teacher, my fifth grade teacher, and was like, you know, Ari felt like she was laughed at, and like that, you know, and <laughs> I love and that. I, oh God, and I, I tell that. and I love tell that. my child correct information, and like I Bitch. expect I expect that police officer to apologize to her. Yes, and so she had to come back in. <laughs> And she had to say sorry to me. And she was like, I'm sorry. Like, I, the way I worded it was, like, incorrect. And you're right. There are cases where, like, if you're struggling with certain medical conditions. Oh, my God. I love you. Because my mom was like, 
Uh-uh. No, you're not going to make my true. You're not gonna, that's not, not true. true and you're yeah. not going to make my daughter feel stupid. And especially for, like for as asking an, and I'm asking the police officer I'm like, "Hi, Miss Police Officer." Yeah, is an authority this figure yeah. too, like to shut you down. You're like, "Give me, me your badge, please." Yeah. I was like, "You're off the force." <laughs> Hand it over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it Well, and I think that it's it's interesting to hear you guys talk about this cuz I've actually been I'm still pretty anxious about alcohol. So mm-hmm. like even like there was like three weeks where I was partying a lot. And then I'm like, this is I've got to get right with the Lord again. And we've got to go back on the straight and narrow. This is like three years ago, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, I got to get back on path. Yeah. But for me, I was I would always like look at people in high school and in college and I would be like, OK, I'm yeah, like, fuck whatever anyone else said. I'm going to look yeah. at logic. I see what's the worst thing that I've seen people do on weed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's the worst thing that I've seen people do on alcohol? Mm hmm. Why the fuck would I want to do that? (laughs) Like this seems and I I, like I know people could still have substance abuse issues with weed, but I still feel that way when I talk to Gray about like partying. I'm like, dude, I don't care if my kids getting the worst I've ever seen. I've never seen someone have their inhibitions completely like let down with weed and like end up dancing on the table and taking their top off or like had those kind of situations. It affects the brain differently. Completely differently. It's comparing apples to oranges. You can't you can't compare the two. But I don't know like the it's just all the just the culture of alcohol is so just like fucked up and crazy yeah. and it kills people and yeah and it's just mm-hmm. pervasive I mean it's everywhere and it's 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 funny the other day I was and again it's some I feel very confident in my sobriety it's something where I, I actually had someone who who did say to me this like now I'm realizing this was a fucked up thing they said where they were <laughs> like fuck them where they were yeah <laughs> where they were basically like oh it was so easy for you to get sober like you know and and kind of like sort of said stuff in a way to almost be like maybe you weren't as sick as like you thought sure, and it's like yeah. first of all you're making this a thing first of all it's like it, do, it doesn't matter like you know what I mean yeah. like it doesn't there's there's why there's, you care there's, first of all there's a yeah it's like not black and white like you said there's yeah. there's gray we're, we're all existing on a spectrum of you're things you're not either anyway. an addict or not yeah, an addict exactly and you know and and there is there is kind of sometimes an old school mentality of like yeah like if you don't get sober in a specific way yeah you're gonna relapse yeah mm-hmm. or yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. or you're not you just didn't do it the right way or yeah. you skipped steps and it's like yeah because i didn't do the 12 steps it's like oh am i really in recovery and it's right. like well you know i get to define that i get to right. define my recovery and you know i feel very confident and and happy and, and it, what's interesting is i'm like i was talking the other day to my friend about like the word sober and like my fears about it I was like, you know, because it's like abstaining, you know, abstinence. Mm -hmm. Abstinence does not sound fun. Like, you know, like I wasn't abstinent in high school for other things, you know. And so but it's it's really for me, it's like it's not that I can't do something. It's that I get to do something and it's that I get to Mm -hmm. like enjoy life, Mm -hmm. you know, and I get to be like myself again. I get to be healthy. and And so but it was funny. But because I have that sort of like foundation where I feel very good and it doesn't feel like I'm walking around being like I wish I could drink mm-hmm. I'm I don't just like, get to do yeah this. I don't get to do this yeah. I'm excluded from this instead I'm like I just feel good like I'm, I'm, I'm cool I'm chilling but I was walking I was in Trader Joe's and the way my Trader Joe's is is that you know with the the lines are like you know still kind of crazy with the yeah. pandemic they have you go and like weave you in and out of the wine um like mm-hmm. aisle mm-hmm. and I was like this would have been so triggering for me in my first like 30 days, maybe mm-hmm. even my first 90 days. And now I can like look at it and laugh and be like, oh, it's so fun. Look at this alcoholic just having to be in the line yeah. all throughout, like literally weaved in and out of the wine. But I was like, but even that it's like, you know, we don't we don't think about people. We think about alcohol because it's so 
everywhere in our yeah. society, but then we don't think about the people that it's affecting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even something seemingly small like that, I'm like, this could be like damaging to someone who's just trying to go to the grocery store, get their groceries, and then they have to stand in line and just like look at every single bottle of wine as they, you know, weave their way to the front. You know, and it is. It's just everywhere, you mm-hmm. know? Oh, yeah. You go get drinks uh, with your boss, you know, sometimes yeah. like during lunch yeah. or after work and that's fine. I hate that I keep comparing it to weed, but I just can't stop thinking about it because it's just so nuts to me. Yeah. Like, imagine if you just had like aisles of weed before you were checking <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, imagine how many people would lose their goddamn minds yeah, if that was sure. a thing. Or sure. if you were like, you know, it, uh, on your lunch break at work and you're like, I, yeah. I guess I suppose it, lots of places now in LA, that wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah. But like yeah. across the country, sure, sure. you're just like sitting here in your cubicle, yeah. like sm- not that most people drink in their cubicle, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. There's all these like but it's strange socially or getting fucking people get fucking drunk in front of their other kids' birthday parties. And that's yeah. like a completely okay thing yeah. to do yeah. is to yeah. just be like sloppy. Fu- yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's the difference of like a mom having like, a puff of weed in front of her kid and people will judge her versus her <laughs> yeah. having like a glass of wine or a martini right. in front of her kid. Right. And, like, and it's like, oh, that's just, that's just dinner. We would go trick-or-treating with, I would go trick-or-treating with my nanny family and it, that's the, all the parents in the neighborhood would have their red solo cups as they're going around the neighborhood, which is really fun. Yeah. I yeah. loved it. But yeah. it's more, it's just, it's just like, I think it's the consciousness yeah. of like, like I was saying, when I see your Instagram, it, it helps me because like like I was saying, it's like, you know, I drink alcohol, but it helps me be more conscious about, even as someone who's not sober, right. be more conscious about the way that things that I'm framing things. Right. Like, why, it sounds so silly, but like, why is it called happy hour? Like, why do we have oh, to yeah. make happy hour yeah. all yes. about alcohol? And right, and all like, these things that are getting put into our brain of why we drink or certain mm-hmm. things. Yeah, for sure. Right. And I'm like, okay, like, just be aware. It's like just this, it's the same, it's the same way. And again, like we all know, I talk about it on the podcast. Like I don't, I don't uh, take any other substances because I am just a fearful baby. Yeah. <laughs> but all the things. Right. But um, I would be, if I was taking any other substance, yeah. I would be conscious about yeah. my consumption. Right. But yeah. it's like, because of just the culture and how I was brought up, sometimes I'm not conscious about my alcohol consumption. Yeah. And it's just important to, even if you're not sober, just be, it's just the the awareness of like, yeah, like it's good why. to do a, a yeah. check-in. Yeah. You know, it never yeah. hurts. I mean, it never hurts to do a check-in about anything, really. Right, you know? right. It's like, in our relationships, are we happy? Right. Like, are we happy in our jobs? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if alcohol is a part of your life, it's, I think it's totally fine to do a check-in. And, yeah. and I mean, then, I also just be like, why am I doing this? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. And I will say, I've saved so much money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have saved Word. so much money when I stopped drinking. For like, real, for I have real. like an app that's called I Am Sober and it like, you know, tracks my days. And in the beginning, it was like I looked at it like every hour. I was like, a minute has gone by, you know. <laughs> and now I check it every now and then. It'd be like, oh, cool. Like, you know, one year and eight months is coming mm-hmm. up. Um, but it also shows like how much money I've saved. And it's a lot. Wow, that's <laughs> it's pretty a lot. wild. It's yeah. a lot. It shows how much money you saved. That's yeah, well, because cool. you put in, you like calculate like how much. And I'm like, okay, so let's say I was getting like a bottle of wine like a night. Um, and then I was like getting drunk and ordering Postmates. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. it adds up. That mm-hmm. adds up. I'm like, oh yeah, no wonder I was poor. <laughs> <laughs> the late, the alcohol, and then the late night food yeah, orders. Yeah, those two a.m. And you stop, orders. and you don't care. You're like, oh, it's a charge of like 
$10 fee. I don't care, you know? Yeah, yeah. The next day, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, one last question I have. Well, actually, I want to ask like just some general advice you would have for broad supporting people with substance abuse yeah, or just people ask. maybe, like you said, sober curious. I like that term. My question to you was, did you ever find or experience a reflection of yourself in oh my god there was a furry pillow back here and i stroked it and oh my I god thought it was i thought you were gonna say there was a furry back there no. i was like girl oh. I'm like is there a dog back there you got um, a suit back there yeah my furry suit i was Mine. like oh <laughs> i just know. keep it here at your house yeah in the recording Broads, studio. broads after dark um oh, that's so disturbing um <laughs> <laughs> not furries just the idea of us dressing up like furries after we finish recording okay um i was wondering you don't see. if like writing or like media stuff if that was ever like a mirror on you that sort of expedited your process to sobriety i just ask solely because like with Gray and I, we started doing the Patreon and there mm -hmm. was like this one episode where I, shit you not, I had a beer and a half. Like, yeah. and the way that I was snapping and talking, I was like, yeah. this is so disgusting. Like the way that I just let down the wall. And sometimes like people say, you know, so what do they say? Drunk thoughts or drunk words, sober thoughts or yeah. whatever. It's like, yeah, but also like, no, when you're sober, no. you have a filter that is good to be like, that is a, this is my impulse to say this, but that is a hurtful, unnecessary mm -hmm. thing. So I'm mm -hmm. not going to say it. Yeah. And the minute for me, even with a beer and a half, it was like those gates open. It's like, yeah. well, I'm just going to say some fucked up shit because yeah. I feel like saying it. Right. Anyway, my question to you was, was media writing, any of that ever a reflection? Yeah. I mean, for sure. I think that there were many a things that I wrote <laughs> like drunk that I, and I I, uh, interesting I used to I started writing like I would write a lot of very bad but a lot of poems that would be like very clearly I'm talking about alcoholism mm. in the poem mm -hmm. you know and I remember I even had like something that I submitted to some sort of literary mag and like the title was I was drunk when I wrote this and it's like you know that's yeah clearly there were some things going on with that so I noticed that and then you know I I mean I'm a I what I love TV I love rewatching shows I was consuming a lot of like my comfort shows too because I was just depressed and struggling and I remember watching like Desperate Housewives I was rewatching, mm -hmm. and I remember seeing like I don't spoiler alert the show's been off for like 15 <laughs> yeah, years I was gonna say it's like 15 years know. old at this point it's your fault yeah sorry it. sorry but 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 Brie is one of the characters who's this like very like conservative buttoned up kind of like you know like perfect Betty homemaker um, character mom and she ends up struggling with alcoholism but it's only she drinks wine mm -hmm. and I remember like watching the episodes and being like hmm I'm like I'm seeing a lot of similarities in sort of how they're even portraying her like episodically with mm -hmm. some things that are going on with me and you know and so I think yeah there's a lot of stuff like that and a lot of things that I that I wrote where I was like oh I'm crying out for help like you know I'm crying out for help in some of these like poems and these essays and these things that I would write when I was drunk and um, yeah, for sure. And I think pop culture in general was like very helpful for me. Interesting. To to see because like I said, there there is that kind of downside of like the exaggerated that we've talked about pop right, culture. Right, right. And like what we think an alcoholic is and that can you know like tropes of addiction. Right. And like a show yeah. that I do love, but it's like I'm I'm not that person, also because he's a horse, is Bojack Horseman. But where <laughs> where it's like, you know, it's like a very dramatic, like he's like no doubt that 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 he's an that he's an alcoholic. Yeah, but that there are other shows too where you start to see it, and and like I said, the Desperate Housewives one, and yeah, listening to the podcasts of like Mark Maron, Dax mm -hmm. Shepard, mm -hmm. um, and starting to hear people tell stories that 
were starting that like mirrored my own yeah. was was definitely helpful. And I think that's why we say that for represent representation for so many different things. Right. For like, you know, race representation, sexual orientation. Like, yeah, totally. you know, there's so many things. And it's yeah, it's because you need to see yourself reflected back yeah. both in the positive and probably the negative ways. Yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's helpful to recognize things. So for sure. So before we let you go, I would love to know, like you were saying, as a way to help be like a friend and a support um what would be something so from my perspective if i'm if i have a friend for instance who is sober or newly sober sober curious whatever that might look like um i know everyone's different yeah but from your perspective what would be a way to be best supported? Because, you know, obviously, for instance, like when a, when a friend of mine is newly sober uh, and we're going out to dinner, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm about to order, you know, a yeah. glass of, of uh, wine or whatever. And then I'm thinking like, oh, is this going, going right. to bother them? And I've mm-hmm. had friends before be like, don't act weird around me now. Yeah. So there's yeah. that there's that perspective of like stop. And then there's other friends that it's like, you know, they get quiet and it's kind of like, okay, like is do you feel like communication beforehand I, is probably the for best? Sure. I think communication and again, and it's like if this is a friend, if this is someone, you know, you love and you care about, yeah. then 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 that should things I mean, things can be uncomfortable sometimes. Right. Like that's the nature of 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 relationships, right? Yeah. Of discussing things. Of vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability. So I think just discussing it and asking them, because like I said, some people are, are different. Um, I have found there is almost like, for me, there is an anxiety. And I, I've talked to a lot of people of kind of like you said of like, I don't want you to feel weird where it's right, almost right. like I don't want my thing to, you know, to make you feel any type of way. So I think talking about it, you know, yeah, it never hurts to ask, like, if they're comfortable with, you know, you, if you have a glass of wine. I mean, it depends on, on like I said, it's, it depends on the person, right. but having that open communication and asking them, like, how, how they can, what, what's a situation that they feel the most comfortable mm. in? Like, if you're going to go to a party or something, um, sometimes it's helpful to be like, should we, do you need me to help you create like a, like an exit plan mm. or something? Mm-hmm. Or is there, you know what I mean? Like, if there's something where you're feeling triggered, yeah. is there something that like, you know, you can tell me and we can leave and we can go or, you know, something like that. Cause I think it, that's, that's the main thing is sort of just that the learning, the learning like how to be in society again and be in your relationships and, and be in your life as a sober person, it just takes like some getting used to and, and figuring out what's going to be best for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think just like communi- open communication and and not making and not making it feel like it's such a big deal either. Right. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. I had I had a friend, um, well, one of the ones that I was talking about, uh, who when she was newly sober and this was a few years ago. So like, you know, the parties were hopping that um, I know she had felt uncomfortable, like not wanting to be the center of attention yeah. in that way. And um, something that my mom was giving me such a good tip because I was like, I don't, I know we go to parties together. I don't want to make her uncomfortable. And she had said to me, she's like, what about you offer to be the DD? Oh yeah. And just go like, oh, I'm going to drive, but like not, not say like, I'm going to be the DD, da, da, yeah. da, but like be like, I'll drive so that you know, you're going to the party and you're not yeah. drinking because you're driving yeah. and you're with her sober. Yeah, that's but great. then you're not having this feeling of like, I'm doing this and sure. like, let's bring all this attention sure. to it. But be like, we can have this moment and like commiserate together yeah. at this party and be sober together. Yeah. And like, you don't have to feel that's like, great. I'm always, I'm always just like, I'm the DD. Like, yeah. I'm always just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you, everyone should want a sober friend. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Gonna, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be the DD, but I, I love that. I think that's a, that's a great idea. And also, to not take it personally, if especially in in early sobriety, 
maybe your friend maybe your friend is just not up mm-hmm. to socializing mm-hmm. as much you mm-hmm. know and figuring that out and 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 that it's not a reflection on you and 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 maybe and relationships sometimes do change like maybe you had your party friend who isn't going to be your party friend anymore yeah and that's fine and it's just like reworking and figuring out like what what you're going to do and maybe you go to like you know brunch together mm-hmm. and you know maybe maybe they're cool if you get the mimosa maybe they're not but it's just it's just kind of i, I think it's just trial and error yeah. and just being open and honest and having a lot of empathy for one another too because they also probably feel a little weird about not wanting to make you uncomfortable right you know? mm-hmm. right and then what about for people who are like sober curious yeah also i mean maybe this isn't something that you can speak to as much but for the people that are you know that they're in the midst of addiction and whether or not they want to yeah get sober or they're struggling or they're just in complete denial like how to deal with that too i mean i've definitely had friendships and relationships where i've been like yeah i mean it's it's hard because you can't you can't make someone have a realization right you can you can love them and you can point them in directions but someone has to kind of like get there themselves usually um i mean i would just say i think it's a good place to start is just starting to like listen to this more for people who are maybe sober curious. Yeah. It's just like start listening to, you know, some podcasts, read some, read some books. Um, Seltzer Squad is a great podcast that um, talks a lot about sobriety. Um, there's some, it's, they call it Quitlet, um, which I have, I love. Um, there's a book called um, Quitlet. The, Quitlet, The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober by Catherine Gray. Um, there's Holly Whitaker is a really good resource. She has a book called quit like a woman that talks a lot about kind of what we've been talking about, like marketing and sort of the ways that Mm -hmm. alcohol has been even specifically marketed to women and feminism and all kinds of stuff like that. And then, um, Annie Grace has something called this naked mind, which I personally really loved because she broke down as almost like an experiment of like, just go, if you want to go alcohol free for 30 days, like you don't have to put any sort of attachments to it. Mm -hmm. And she has it as an experiment where you like, she talks about like brain chemistry. She talks about like the, you know, marketing, all of these things that take the pressure off of you feeling like, you know, like you're a fuck up or like it's it's all on you and mm-hmm. sort of just explaining how alcohol works and how maybe it's affecting you and all that stuff. And and I always tell people too, like sometimes it's okay to be like, oh, I'm doing this as a, as a even if you have, even if like there's other things going on, if you're like, oh, well, I want to focus on like health for 30 days or right. I want to, I'm going to do a new fitness routine right. or or I want to save some money for a trip later. And you can, you know, and you can kind of like tiptoe a little bit mm-hmm. too, I think. And, and you don't have to tell anyone specifically right. like, oh, I'm going alcohol free right now because I think I'm an alcoholic. Right. Like, right, right. you don't, because sometimes the fear of that. I think also keeps people from doing totally. it. Totally. You know? You said you could be like, it's my 60-day challenge. Who for, wants to do for it sure? with Because, me? Yeah. let's be honest, like, people react to that much differently than, than you being like, yeah, actually, I think maybe I'm struggling with, with alcohol. And whereas if you're like, yeah, I want to, I want to, like, do Sober a new October. I want to do a new fitness routine yeah, or, like, whatever. Yeah. And people are like, okay, cool. You know? I'm and keto. So, right. And it's just taking the pressure <laughs> off of yourself. Yeah. And, you know... Figuring out what in those 30 days, those 60 days, those 90 days, um, I in in my experience, it's like you just start to feel so much better, you know? And mm-hmm. and then with therapy and 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 there's a lot of great online groups too. That that app that I use called I Am Sober, they have like a thing where you can each milestone talk about mm. what's going on with you. So there are all all these like digital support kind of groups that exist too. Um and yeah, I would just say like don't put you don't have to 
now first actually I should say caveat for some people it is life-threatening and the idea of looking at it as an experiment is not is not a, a possibility so there are some people where if they're in a life-threatening situation and you need to and there's a and you cannot do it by yourself and you need to be under medical supervision. Mm-hmm. Like that, that definitely exists. And I, 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 I want to say that, but that don't put so much pressure on yourself to have to have, have it defined like immediately, you know, cause you're going to figure it out along the way, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And that could create more shame if you yeah, do. For sure. You're, Oh, I'm failing myself. And for I said, sure. I was going to do this and for I didn't sure. do it. And now I'm just a piece yeah. of shit. And, and, and that if you don't do it like all perfectly right away, that doesn't mean that there wasn't like benefit to it. I think a lot of people have that fear too with like relapsing or like, oh, I had 20 days here, but then I had a drink and it's like, you're still trying, you know, mm-hmm. you just have to keep trying. You're moving. Yeah, yeah. You just have to keep trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Ari, thank you so much. Yeah, thank, you for so coming. Coming. thank you so you much for having me. You were having me. just absolutely wonderful. Please plug away. Talk about your pod. Sure, sure. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Ari underscore Eastman. Um, I have a podcast, a little baby podcast that I'm doing just with myself. And it's very difficult to, t- I, was like, I was like, I need a co-host or something. Cause I'm just like, right now the episodes are like 15 minutes and I'm like, I thought that was two hours. <laughs> I love, I love a quick it's a, app It's though. a quick one. I it's, love a quick it's app. Very, yeah. So it's sobriety with Ari Eastman. It's on Spotify, Apple podcast, Stitcher. And yeah, just kind of like very sort of verbal diarrhea of, of, of sobriety of, of, of the things that are happening of mental health and, and um, just, yeah, surviving it all as a 20-something. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, and also you. you're a TikTok queen. Oh, I'm going to follow you oh, right I, now. Oh, I do have a TikTok too. Yeah. Your TikTok on the tick. Dude, at R. Eastman. The TikTok slaps. You know you're funny? so good at TikTok. <laughs> you know what's so funny? My first my first TikTok that ever went viral was like a bachelor one. Do you remember that? It was like got picked up by like a bunch of like the bachelor yes. and stuff. Yeah, it, 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 was, went, like, it, went, it was like, remember when like Peter was doing like super embarrassing uh, like dance yes, moves or whatever yes and it was like uh, i was it was something like t- time traveling to like hannah brown to be like you will not believe your eyes and then it was just like oh my god just, yeah, like, i have to show and it, it to was you just afterwards. like it's... peter's like when he was like doing his like yeah. tiktok dances and <laughs> like, we if, like if hannah we brown like, could see now oh. the cringe content that and, is and, and, ha- and then everything feet. got so much worse like, <laughs> everything somehow. went so bad i thought oh, yeah <laughs> Um, but thank you so much, Broads. Everything will be in the episode notes below. Please show Ari the Broad Squad love. Love you so much. Love you. And uh, we'll chat soon, Broads. Chat soon. I think I just did a mini dab. <laughs> chat <Baby> soon. <laughs> <laughs>
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. 